Alright everyone, my name is Mike Dice. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Extra Rounds Podcast. Unfortunately, my co-host Elias Zepeda is not with us today. He's a little under the weather, so I'm writing solo today. So instead of uh, a drawn-out show where I just kind of talk and rant and rave about the latest things in the UFC news world, uh, I thought we'd kind of just jump right into an interview with Legacy Fighting's um, Adam Townsend. He's coming off a huge, huge win at LFA uh, 5 on Friday night against uh, Marcus Edwards. It was a gutsy, gritty performance. It looked like the fight was going to be stopped and Townsend would be on the losing end of things, but he was able to come back and uh, you know get the win with just like seven seconds left in the fight, or in the third round, rather, and uh, you know utilizing the ground pound to get the win. And he did this all with a broken rib. Very entertaining fight. His post-fight interview was very entertaining. So we're going to get him on the phone, and we're just going to jump right into that. Well, joining us by phone right now is Adam Townsend coming off a huge win, a gutsy performance, a gritty win at LFA 5 over the weekend. Adam, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us. Hi, thanks for having me on, brother. I really appreciate it. So early on in the fight, there was this big head kick that landed, and a lot of people made a big deal of it. How clean did it land, and how much trouble were you actually in? Well, uh, I don't think the head kick landed. I think it was that bomb left hand he hit me with afterwards. And um, if you can watch the fight, and, and uh, you know, I talked about my rib injury. I, I was at team elevation and injured my rib a week beforehand. And uh, as soon as I got out there in the fight, even when I was warming up with my coach in the back, my rib was coming out of place. I actually have a dislocated rib. The cartilage is dislocated. That's, that's what the doctor finally ended up saying uh, Monday. But, you know, the rib dislocated, so I was having to put my rib back in place as I was taking that pounding. And I finally got it back in place, and then I was able to land that big takedown. And, you know, that was, uh, you know, pretty much the rest of the fight right there was me getting the takedowns and me, me doing the ground and pound, you know, on him. So, you know, your rib pops out. Does it keep popping out throughout the fight, or is once you popped it back in, was it in place? Yeah, I'm going to do like a little Facebook live thing here pretty soon, uh, maybe the next couple of days, and, and walk everybody through exactly what was happening. And you can blatantly tell like several, several times, uh, now that everybody knows it, like how many times my rib actually popped out, it kept doing it and kept doing it. And, uh, you're, you're a human, uh, my, my rib cage is a lot different, uh, when you look at it, like, you know, through an x-ray and stuff like that, than I thought it was in person. It's all those cartilage in there. It goes up to your sternum and the cartilage had popped loose and it's like cartilage slash bone that was popping loose and coming back out of place. And I was having to mash it back in there to get it set back in the right position. Is that the toughest injury you've ever had to fight through? Most definitely, man. I've hardly ever, you know, I've had a, a few, a few uh, ankle injuries, a few, uh, you know, just a few smaller things in there. But this is by far the, uh, you know, I've never been in pain like that. I, I think, honestly, not talking anything bad about Marcus. He was a great competitor. But I think had my rib and not been hurting, I would have really displayed some nasty ground and pound, some nasty uh, jiu-jitsu. And I think I would have stopped him in either, either at the end of the first or, you know, very soon in the second round. So was the ground and pound the go-to plan the whole time or was that something you had to pull out because of the rib injury so the, the game plan kind of changed from hey let's go out there because i knew he didn't have that good a wrestling i knew his grappling wasn't that good and that's what i was going to use against him but like i said when you know when it, when i started hurting i was like well i'm gonna have to sit up and strike with this guy and then after i got him on the ground and i saw that his wrestling wasn't wasn't good then i knew that that my wrestling would be super effective and even with hurt ribs it would be a lot better than his and you know, as you can tell through the fight, it really was. And, uh, you know, I just had to make do with what I could. It was, uh, you know, never been hurt like that in a fight. And, uh, you know, I, I was able to get through it. So after the fight, you gave out your number. 
<laughs> yeah. What are some of the weirdest things that happened after that? Text messages, phone calls, whatever. Did, did people blow you yeah, up? Yeah, I got back to it, it took me it took me about I'd say twenty minutes to get back to my phone after I won and took pictures and you know, got congratulated and this, that and third and uh and before I looked at my phone I was just kinda, you know, chilling and and uh, everything. And I looked at my phone and I normally have tons of text messages and phone calls and, you know, Facebook and stuff like that. After I fought, it really wasn't a common thing. And I looked down and I had like 159 missed phone calls. And I was like, well, that's pretty strange. You know what I'm saying? So, and then I went through my text messages and I had about 100 and something. But like I said, that's normally pretty normal for me to have that many after I win. And, uh, and, uh, it was just really funny when, you know, I got through that, I was reading some of them and all the text messages were super cool. People was like, hey, man, I'm a big fan. You're a warrior, you know, just stuff like that. There wasn't very many, uh, really creepy ones there's a couple of saying like marcus whooped your ass and you know it and just like things like that but every other one was really was really really cool i mean people's being really uh uh motivational and just you know let me know that they're fans now because of the way i fought and the way i survived and uh you know how i come back and got the finish and everything like that was that something you just kind of did in the spur of the moment or was that something you had kind of thought about doing before the fight no, it was all spur of the moment. I, I had a, you know, I, I think everybody does that. It seems like they do anyway. Just goes out there and has like a, a, a victory speech in their head already. A victory speech is just a shout out Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard and Dana White. You know, let them say, hey, you know, it's it just, it's, you know, let them know, hey, I'm here. I'm, I'm 17 and four. I've won 11 out of my last 12 fights. I've never been finished. I've only lost split decisions. You know, let them know all those things. And then, you know, like, hey, call me. And then, like, in the middle of, hey, call me, I was like, uh, you know, you just kind of put my number out there. So it was, like I said, it wasn't really like a, that That was the only part that was improvised was the phone number thing. And, and I don't regret doing it really. It didn't really cause me any trouble. So I think it was still a good thing. It's got a lot of attention as well. Now, the most important question, though, is did Sean Shelby or McMaynard call you yet? They have. I've, I've talked to Nick Maynard. He didn't call me, but I've talked to Nick and I've, uh, I've talked to Sean. And I'm just kind of waiting on to hear what what the deal is. So I don't know, man. I just don't see. I, I know they got a full roster. I know there's tons of guys that want in or get in, but I don't feel there's anybody any more deserving than I am to get in or get at my next shot. I mean, I've I put the work in. My record speaks for itself. Uh, my fan base, my personality. You know, I, I just don't see you know, what more they could want out of me um, to do before I get there. They're taking guys all the time that have way shittier records, that have way less fan bases, that are worse, you know, and, and my, in my opinion, a, a really a lot worse fighters that are just getting in because who you know and who you blow. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I keep saying, I just don't see how they can deny me after that performance and, uh, and this with my record and the way it is. Now, you uh, before we were talking, you said you you didn't ha- uh, that you don't have a manager that you kind of handle everything yourself. Right. Is that how you've always been? Right. Are you just a business savvy guy? Yeah, um, I feel like I'm business savvy. I feel like that I've done you know I, I, when I was on the local circuit, you know I was uh, I sold more tickets than anybody uh, has. I sold more T-shirts than you know when I placed a. Uh, a shirt order, you know, you, 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 you always hear guys saying they can sell 100, 200 t-shirts and, uh, you know, you can ask the guy that does the shirts for me, you know, he always hears people saying that thing, but he don't never order that many for anybody other than myself. Um, I've got a good fan base, man. I live in a small community. These people around here support that out of me. I couldn't be more blessed with the fan base that I have and, and the support that I get in my small community. Uh, it's, it's truly a blessing and it really is. And, and I appreciate everyone from that get go. And, uh, 
you know, I've just done this for so long. And I'm not going to sit here and say I had help. I've had, uh, you know, local matchmakers get me good fights. I've had uh, RFA get me good fights and give me opportunities to display my skills as the, uh, you know, on some of the biggest cards that the RFA and the LFA's had now, you know, main events for them twice and co-main event once and feature battle on other fights. So they took good care of me, too. I'm not sitting here acting like it's uh it's all me, but at the end of the day, I'm the one that's, that's selling the tickets. I'm the one that's getting out there and promoting myself, and I'm the one that's, you know, getting in the ring and whooping ass when it comes, you know, time to do so. So I feel like I've done 99% of it by myself. Now, you uh, you, you mentioned you're calling out Sean Shelby and McMaynard. Is is it UFC or yeah. bust for you? Do, or, you know, if Bellator and Scott Coker call, is that something you consider too? Uh, you know, if they also made me a good offer, I'd consider if they're, they're talking UFC money or more, I would do it. But, you know, uh, I, I, I think I deserve to be in the greatest organization, uh, in the world in MMA. Just like when I went to China and fought, um, I was kind of over the UFC because kind of, you know, they was kind of pushing stage north cut and just certain things like that that kind of aggravated me because there's just so many guys that get these opportunities, like I was saying earlier, that I truly feel don't deserve it. I truly feel that they got the opportunity because of their coach, the gym there was at, or some bullshit like that. And I'm up here, you know, winning all these fights, doing all these things, and making a name for myself off of my own skill and my own talent. And I'm not getting what's rightfully deserved for mine. Not like I said, it's not that I really don't want to go a bell tour, but I think I deserve to be in the UFC. And you had mentioned that you had talked to Mick. Was it? Was it? Are things optimistic? I know you can't give away too much, but are things seem like they're going to head the right way. Yeah, I mean, basically, you know, we talked, and you know, the thing with Mick is now is, uh, you know, I've kind of, you know, been messing with him back and forth for a while now. But the thing with Mick is he don't handle my weight class, so I don't know how much pull he has uh, in the other weight classes with Sean. I don't, I don't know exactly what I'll let Mick do right now. You know, he's just been in there for. You know, since really since January, honestly. So, you know, he's not even been in there two full months yet, hardly. So, uh, um, yeah, you know, I'm just waiting on, you know, waiting on that to happen, really. I, I just got to talk to Sean. The thing about Sean, too, is he never really gave me a lot of time the day before when I was trying to make a push for 145 UFC back when Joe Silva was there. Joe Silva would email me, you know, within within an hour of me emailing him. He invited me to the Ultimate Fighter and picked me for the Ultimate Fighter when the McGregor and the uh, uh, Faber season was going on. And, I made the show, and then uh, I don't know if you know that story or not, but it's a long story about how basically they sent a bunch of guys home that wasn't going to be on the show, and then those two other guys that already got sent home and didn't even do all the stuff that they were supposed to do was back on the show, and I was sitting at the house. Uh, so, like I said, it's another one who you know and who you blow type of things. Uh, and, you know, I, I think they really missed out uh, from not putting me on Ultimate Fighter. But, um, you know, like I said, I've – I've had a hard road with UFC, man. I'm still trying to make that push to get there, so I guess we can only time to tell and see what happens. I, I didn't know that story. That's really fascinating to hear that you were booked to be on the show and then it ultimately didn't come to fruition. You were kind of sounds like the last guy left out. Yeah, I, me and uh, actually the uh, another there was two other people that kind of got the same shit that I did, and one of them was uh, uh, Hurricane uh, Jose. I think his name. No, Sean, uh, Shane. Uh, Virgo, he's from like up in Philadelphia, New York area, I guess. And I talked to him a lot on Twitter and stuff, and he seemed like a cool guy. And uh, uh, he had the same situation happen that I did. They called him and told him he was going to be a, he was going to be an alternate, you know, like a uh, a week out from you know flying out there. So it was just a you know it, it was a bad deal, man. It really it really kind of pissed me off for a while. And like I said, that's when I kind of was like 
hey, I'm going to go fight overseas and do that type of thing. And then, uh, you know, after I'll be junior over there, I was like, man, I was like, I, I belong in USC. I, I, I belong there. And I want to, I want to, the reason I started doing MMA is because of the UFC. Like, I, I, you know, I was one of them guys that sit at home, watch it on the TV. Me and my friends would put on gloves and grapple after we watched the UFC events, drunk as hell. And that's what got me into the UFC. I loved it. And I always knew that I could compete with those guys, and I'm still trying to prove that I can. And, and I know I can. I'm just waiting on my opportunity to do so. So did they ever give you, like, an exact reason why they ultimately didn't go with you for the show? No, no. Uh, I even I was even kind of close with one of the producers, and he was texting me all the time, and even like texting me after I fought after that, and like, "Hey, man, good fight, blah blah blah. Your call coming, blah blah blah." But you know, uh, like I said, I mean, I, I know the reason. I think that was, you know, I, I can't see any other reason other than I talked to uh, one of the coaches, um, some MMA lab. Well, uh, John, uh, John Crouch talked to him and it was two of his guys uh like i said they got sent home that chris Chris kid got sent home early so they wouldn't take nobody off the loss because he was 12 and one but his last fight was a loss they said they wouldn't take nobody off off the loss they sent him on that home on that monday i stayed out there for five more days doing medicals uh medicals and interviews and all this shit and then when uh like i said then when i watched the show you know come on there he is out there on the show, and I'm sitting at the house. So now I think that was more or less to do than anything. It seems like uh, connecting with Shelby's kind of been the hurdle for you. Have you met yeah, him? In the yeah. Pa- have you met him in the past? Is there like a history or a story there, or is it just one of those things where you can't connect? Uh, you know, I, I talked to him when I was at the fighter. He seemed okay. I think I spoke to him uh, at a UFC event in Nashville. Uh, Joe come up at him and Joe both. Well, Joe approached me. I was sitting front row. My lawyer got me some front row tickets, and uh, I was sitting up there with him. And and Joe come right up to me, and Sean was beside of him and, and uh, spoke with him. And and uh, he was like, "Hey, I saw you know." He asked me about my fight, and you know, I was I think I was about the main event that uh, fight for uh, the RFA out in uh, California. And I think I talked to both of them there. And, and Sean, like I said, he's never really like gave me a lot of. Uh, you know, gave me a lot of, of his time or whatever, but Joe was always super cool. So, you know, when I heard Joe was leaving, I'm like, damn, like, you know, maybe it's just Sean, you know, just, you know, has a lot of other stuff on his mind and does a lot of different things and meets a lot of other fighters. And, you know, every time Dick and Harry fighter wants in the UFC and, you know, of course, messaging, but they don't have the accolades that I do either. So I don't understand it. We'll see, though. Well, I wanted to talk about your team. You, uh, you kind of mentioned them earlier. Um, you said that you're at Team Elevation. Maybe you could kind of tell us a little bit about yeah. your coaches, training partners, how long you've been there, what you like about it. Uh, I started at a gym called uh, T.O.T., and uh, the coach, he was just a very uh, basic jiu-jitsu guy, uh, probably a blue belt maybe, and um, started there and just kind of started branching off with other guys on the team that would uh, you know, give me some good insight and things like that. And um Ended up meeting one of the, my coaches now named Dustin Walden. He was referee in my first fight, and uh, he offered me some striking uh, help after afterwards. And I was like, yeah, man, I'd love I need a strike coach because I had eight amateur fights. I was 8-0 and, and won my first pro fight and had no idea how to strike whatsoever. And uh, so basically I waited until my second pro fight before I got a striking coach, and I've been with him ever since. He, you know, he offered some help, and, when I went over to their gym, I thought it was just going to be a striking gym, and it was an actually it was an actual MMA gym. You know, we worked on wrestling, worked on jiu-jitsu, worked on striking, and 
and I, everybody over there was pro at the time and badasses and uh we had a great group of guys and started over there as a pro and i've been there ever since man our team's kind of it's kind of dwindled down uh so now we just got a bunch of amateurs all the pros have kind of uh, got beat and kind of quit. And just, you know, I'm pretty much the only one that's still doing it other than me and my coach. You know, everybody, this is such a rough sport. And I understand that. Just like my coach now. My coach, uh, he don't even have his own gym. We don't even have our own gym no more. My other buddy opened up a gym, uh, Dustin Long. And now he is, you know, he's a seven, seven and two or seven and three as a pro. And kind of me and him running the gym now. And my coach Dustin comes over to, uh, hold mitts for me and just, you know, kind of watch me throughout the week when he can. He's in real estate now. My other coach, Caleb, he, uh, he, he's got his own business now doing his own thing. And then my coach, uh, Casey Austin Nine is my jiu-jitsu coach and I go over there twice a week. So it's been, this camp was really, really hard for me because I had to do so much on my own. But at the same time, it let me know, Hey, I can still do these things. Still be from here and still compete at the same time. Wow. That's uh that's incredible. Yeah. So, at this point in your uh, career, no matter what fight you sign next, do you have half your mind on being ready to drop it and do everything if the UFC calls? It seems like so many people, when they finally make that jump, it's like a last-minute replacement. Is it just kind of a staying ready for when that call comes? I mean, I, I do think that if I, when I get the shot, it's going to be a last-minute call. I don't, you know, I don't see them signing me and giving me an eight-week camp by any means. Uh, I think it'll be a short-notice fight, and... Um, you know, I keep saying that UFC Nashville card. I don't. I'll, I'm the biggest fighter in Tennessee. I, I would sell more tickets and put more asses in the seats than anybody there. Of course, the UFC don't care about that, really. You know, I mean, you got to look at it. And I, I understand the business side of things. I promoted a show, two, two shows, so I understand how everything works. And especially with the UFC, it's uh, you know, on a much grander scale than anything I've done. But at the same time, uh, you know, it's, it's like this. It's like okay, they might put five. 8,000 people, and they might put 8,000 people in that place. Uh, probably not that many, but probably, maybe. They might put 8,000 people in that place. So, do they really care about an extra three or 400 tickets? Do they care if it's 8,400 or 8,300 compared to 8,000? Probably not, because most of their money's coming from sponsorships and TVs and, 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 and all that stuff anyway. Uh, so, I understand that aspect of it, and that's why they don't really care who they get or who they put on the card or if they got to fly somebody out or whatever. But it really don't make that much difference in the money for them. But, uh, you know, I mean, like I said, it'd be awesome to, to have my first fight in UFC Nashville. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to talk to us. Best of luck to you. Hey, thank you very much, brother. I really appreciate the time, man. Hey, no problem. Hopefully when you sign with the UFC, we can have you back on. Damn right, brother. I appreciate it.